0: skies cool they seduce us pulling us irresistibly upwards reminding us to fly our own line on our wings and in life we are the seekers adventurers being one with the air feeling everything and nothing at once that's the magic we chase follow the call find your pure wild flight with nz aerosports Of course, I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on, one glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model, or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust. Like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot. The Crossfire 3 when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch. The JFX 2 if you're looking to up your new swoop game, the Leia as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast, or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken, built as a low pack volume canopy, specifically with wingsuiting in mind. She gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos! They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. The whole U.S. demo fleet is there, with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void and has gotten to be my habit now. I'm just going to dive straight into it and get right to this next personality. Please tell me, who the hell are you and what do you do?
1: (laughs) Well, of course, Who the Hell Am I goes along with my line dance, which I teach a song, Who the Hell is Alice? (laughs) But I'm Alice Hicks, just uh, probably the oldest lady for sure here in Arizona jumping, my husband and I, and we're full-time RVers, so we spend our winters in Arizona jumping.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Now, it's kind of funny that you mentioned line dancing, because in doing a little research before you and I started talking, I'd see the posts always, don't forget, tonight's line dancing. (laughs) So, clearly, that's something that you and your husband enjoy quite a lot. Uh,
1: Yes, well, me, my husband never got into line dancing. He's an excellent dancer, but he chooses his own steps he doesn't like them to be chosen for him so but i have through our travels through our rving i've gotten into line dancing and really really enjoy it so i've started classes here at Eloy, and have a really super group that come every thursday evening and Put on that their is, boots and start
0: dancing. That is absolutely fantastic. And, and people that listen to the podcast have heard me say a million times, the varied backgrounds and things that skydivers enjoy outside of skydiving always is just wonderful and so varied. I mean, it's as, as different as all the people in skydiving are. So it's always cool to hear a new thing somebody's doing and starting line dancing in Eloy is amazing. I know. Do it right there in the hangar.
1: And I just, you know, it's amazing the people, they come and sometimes it's hot. We move outside and they dance on the landing area. And...
0: Oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. That that I would love to see sometime. I'd be horrible at it, but I'd love to see it. Oh. We've got all kinds and all levels, and it's just
1: a lot of fun with everybody.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> now, in the beginning, you mentioned that you're probably the oldest lady jumping out in the Eloy, and I know it's not polite to talk about a, a lady's age, uh, but you definitely are uh, probably on the high side of the average age jumping out there. Um and that was actually one of the things that uh, that so impressed me is a mutual friend of ours, Mike McGowan, snapped an absolutely beautiful picture of you landing, uh, and I I saw it and was so impressed with the smile on your face as you were coming into land that I had to send you a message, calling you a badass. <laughs> Cause I thought you were just an absolute badass and I wanted to hear your story. And so I want these folks to hear your story as well. So Alice, I want to know how you got started first off in sport in general, but how it led you to skydiving.
1: Okay. I'm not sure that I was really big into sports. Unfortunately through high school, I never made the basketball team. I was a cheerleader on the side. So I cheer people on. You know, went out for all things, but I was a big tomboy. And so went to country school. As you can see, with my age, I've got the old one-room country schoolhouse in my background. Sure. And uh, so, and all I had to play with were boys. So I became the tomboy, you know, doing whatever. And uh, in high school, like I said, um, my girls' basketball team, they were state champions, and I was never good enough to follow them but I was a cheerleader and followed them there and then as I got out of high school I just got into a variety of sports you know I would take various classes you know belly dance if you could believe it but I never could learn to (laughs) shimmy and aerobics and then got into running and I I did a lot of running in fact I'm still slowed it down because I used to run, I've run one marathon over in Germany, and then I've done a lot of 10ks, and uh, and right now I just kind of uh, I run jog two or three miles, you know, about three times a week, so just to keep that. And of course, then I'm also do I go to Zumba classes a couple times a week, and then I've got my line dance, and so uh, got into. Sp- parachuting back in 1968 oh my god <laughs> that's
0: fantastic
1: it, it wasn't any big lightning bolt my roommate and her boyfriend and i were sitting around i don't even know how the subject came up but uh, we kind of like to jump and wonder how we could figure it out and this was back in wichita kansas wow and uh, so, we were talking to, we uh, lived in an apartment, and there was an ex-paratrooper uh, there. And he said, I know where you can go and jump. He said, right out here at Mays, Kansas, which is a little suburb of Wichita. And uh, he said, but before I take you out there, I want to teach you, you know, what you really need to know about jumping, and that's PLS." <laughs> <laughs> so... We went out and spent uh, an afternoon in a park jumping off of picnic tables.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> Learning our PLFs. And then we went out to this drop zone. And uh, it was ran by a couple. And they had six kids that they raised right there on the drop zone. You know, they pretty much ran everything. And my uh, first jump master was a woman which was, you know, unusual that we had women back then. But of course, naturally, my training was learning PLFs and learning what to pull if I had a reserve ride. And that that was pretty much it. So,
0: So, I mean, in in 1968... uh, obviously skydiving was not nearly as prevalent as it is now. I mean, nowadays you turn on the TV or go on the computer and half of the ads that you see anymore, are someone flying a wingsuit down a mountain or crazy yeah. stuff with parachutes. But in 1968, I mean, you had to go looking for it. If you weren't in the military, how did that idea come across to you and your friends? I mean, did you know there was skydiving in the area? Not
1: really. i uh- I really, I really don't know. And I don't know how the idea popped in our mind if we happened to see something on television or what shirt. I know when I was in college, I remember there being a skydiving club. And I thought about trying to get into it then, but I figured my parents wouldn't appreciate spending money on me to parachute while I'm sure. in college. So sure. never pursued that. So uh, I really don't know where the topic came up that we just thought we'd like to skydive. And this friend, he knew where to go.
0: That's amazing.
1: And uh, and of course, you know, they were filming Gypsy Moths at the time. Well, oh my England God. That knows the history. Of oh, filming.
0: hell yes. Alice, that's the best skydiving movie that's ever been made, hands down. <laughs> Gypsy Moth is amazing.
1: Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, and a lot of people have never heard of it, but you know, a lot of the filming was in Kansas. Wow. And they and they did a lot, of their filming for their jumps was at a little uh town uh, airport that was Benton, Kansas, hmm. which was not a skydiving center at the time, because the skydiving was at this little town called Mays. But a few years back, a friend did open a skydiving center there at Benton. And uh brought it back a little bit. It didn't last
0: too long. uh sure. Well, just anyway. the history involved. Could you imagine if you know that movie saying you got to jump where Gypsy Moths was filmed? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you, I mean, this is back when there was such a... Um, Uh, almost a folklore about skydiving Uh, gypsy moths was the big thing people were just astounded by watching these amazing things and here you are Uh, how old were you at the time 24 so 24 years old and you're going out to do the same stuff that gypsy moths is doing jumping out of airplanes and back then you'd have Mm -hmm. no idea that's that's just what everybody saw that's incredible
1: yeah (laughs) it was it was um it was an interesting time. And of course, uh, the big highlight of it is that at that same time in 68, is when I met my husband. Wow. Met him. He was jumping there at the same drop zone. And so we met
0: and we've been together ever since. Since 1968, you and your husband have been together. And that's when you were both skydiving in Kansas. Yes. That's incredible.
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, Monday, we celebrated our 52nd wedding anniversary.
0: Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. That is amazing. 52 years in skydiving, 52 years with the same guy.
1: Actually, 54, because we met in 68. We got married in 70. Wow. Wow.
0: Wow. That's You know, it's kind of funny. I usually am the uh, the the older jumper that's uh, telling my old stories of back in the day. But I'm not going to lie. You started jumping the year before I was born. <laughs> so <laughs> I
1: know. I walk around, you know, and people ask me, because naturally, I obviously look like I have some age. Because every time I walk off, people are saying, oh. How old are you? <laughs> you know, you know. So I, I you know, and the young people. You know, when did you start? And I tell them because the eyes get wide because you know it's back sure. when uh, my husband, boyfriend at the time, you know, would get the old Air Force reject canopies because mm. after so many years used or not, they would be condemned, and then we would get them and pick them up. I think at the time, maybe $7 a canopy, <laughs> but they were just around people's. And then we would go and cut out panels and we'd cut out our own panels, modify them ourselves to get, sure. you know, the L figuration or the T's or whatever. And then he'd cut them and I'd sew them up on my machine.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. I think uh, maybe skydiving is a, is a little bit more unique in that we're um, really impressed and kind of in awe with the people that um, have been skydiving for as long as you have and kind of were there as it was all just beginning and really, really kicking off. And this is the kind of sport where you don't just get to learn from people that came before you, you still get to go out and play with them. So, It's so much fun. And honestly, and you would know this much better than I, this many years in the sport, it's a privilege to keep aging and skydiving. So it's a badge of honor to be your age and jumping your ass off. That's amazing.
1: Yes. I'm happy that I've got the health to do it. And uh, I'm still, you know, in with all of them. I don't feel like I'm faltering in, in case, you know, I'm not up there with the top, but I pretty much hold my own and my landings are, are still really good people that if you talk to anybody here at the drop zone, they, they comment on my landings
0: a lot. That's awesome though. <laughs> so now I'm going to jump you back just a little bit. So you started out with that first jump. I'm assuming of course it was a static line.
1: Yes. Yeah. That what? Five static lines, I think, or something. And, uh, like the very, Very first one I can remember because um, I know my instructor feared I'd take a long time crawling out the plane. You'll be in my first jump and everything. And so she started getting me out early on the strut and uh, I crawled right out there. And so rather than let me hang out there, she had me go early. So I can't remember how far off the landing area I landed. But in those days, I wasn't a very good navigator. So I was Landing on wells or landing on (laughs) ball bar fences, (laughs) just about. And um, I wasn't a very good student actually, because I would go out, and of course, the typical potato chip, but I would just go into a flat spin Mm. and I'd go round and round and round and round. And then I'd finally open my canopy and I'd be like a little kid in a swing, waiting for my lines to untwist because they were all twisted. But I just thought that was. The way it should be. Uh, (laughs) People even back then would try to come in and hook up just to do a two-way or something, but I was always spinning so much they could never get in. Uh, Sure. And so actually my last jump, because I jumped that one summer and then laid off for several years Mm. and didn't and then started again in ninety-six. Okay. But uh so my last jump. Back then, my husband decided we'd go out hand-in-hand out of the plane because he knew that if he let me go out first, I'd start spinning and he'd better get in on me. So we were able to do a two-way on our last jump there.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Now, how how did your family feel about this when you're deciding to jump out of airplanes? I mean, we're talking about a bunch of years ago when skydiving and crazy stuff like that wasn't... what. What would they say? Wasn't ladylike, I guess, back in the day? Or was it finally getting to the point where women were like, pardon my French, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I pretty much did my own thing. And of course, I was working and I'm not sure that my father had much to say. My mother, she was always into new things. So she was really excited Mm. about the fact that I was jumping and then when I started again and started, she would come out and watch me all the time because she just thought it was really fascinating. Sure. So That's... I really didn't have any negative from them on it. Good. Just from other people, you know.
0: <laughs> so now you 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 did a bunch of jumps and decided to take the time off. And obviously in, in between all of that, you got married. And what else did you do between uh stopping jumping and starting jumping again? You were were you working and traveling or?
1: Yeah, I'm a retired school teacher, oh, school nice. counselor. So I taught 30 years in Wichita health school system and two years
0: over in Germany. Wow. Now, how did Germany come about?
1: Uh, I just wanted to do it. And I got a job as a Dodds teacher, which, you know, teaching the dependence of military over there. Okay. And um, so it was, I was able to get a sabbatical leave from my school there in wichita and so i went over and spent two years with my family because it was a good time my husband was retired the kids were teenagers so i thought it was a good time for us to go nice so we all went and spent a couple of years in germany and i taught there nice and and of course uh did that like like i said taught for 32 years And I started jumping before I ended my teaching, so I would take my parachutes and uh, show the kids. But I also, my husband's a pilot also, and he has all the ratings instructors and everything. And so I was his first student, so I got my pilot's license, (laughs) and uh, I would take my school kids flying, something I wouldn't think of doing now, but back then, you know, I would take the kids, you know, up. Take them flying. We got into uh whitewater kayaking for a while.
0: <clears throat> oh my goodness. We did
1: that just while we were retired here, you know, start 60s. And of course, now it's just my husband, he's had a lot of surgeries and things, so he's not able to deal with it. So we haven't for the last probably three or four years. Mm. But up till then, we were going to Colorado over summer and whitewater kayaking. And- oh, my goodness.
0: You literally must have been the coolest school teacher these kids had ever seen. You're showing them <laughs> parachutes, you're taking them flying, you're telling them about your whitewater rafting trips. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> but uh, I, I, and it was kayaking, not rafting. We okay. had our kayaks and we were, in fact, we carried them around because we'd go there. And we biked, you know, we did a lot of biking and hiking, so it just uh, kept getting into different things.
0: Nice. Now, what got you back into skydiving? What made you decide you wanted to jump again?
1: Well, let's say my husband kind of continued skydiving through the whole period, you know, not a whole lot because, you know, we're from Kansas again in that area and not a lot going on. Sure. But he did continue and then... About that time, our daughters kind of showed an interest and decided they wanted to jump. So the oldest daughter did, whoops, I'm sorry. Oh, that's quite all right. Uh, uh, They uh, wanted to do jumping. We had this friend from uh, South Africa. And so he came out to our land there in Wichita area and took the oldest daughter out and then the youngest daughter she wasn't old enough to go to I should whisper to a (laughs) drop zone but but, uh, she wanted to jump so he also took her out on our property and I thought I'm gonna go do that too so I went up and did a tandem with him and then I thought well you know things have changed so the equipment you wear the mechanisms that Everything has changed so much that maybe I ought to try it again. Sure. And so I started in uh, back in Kansas as well. Of course, the maze was long gone by then. And so we had drop zones in Rose Hill, which is east of Wichita, and a little cow pasture, Soupiesville, which was west of Wichita. Okay. So I went out and started jumping again. This time it was pilot assist, not not static line, but sure. i desist. And uh, so I just started jumping. And I actually have to admit, I was afraid for, I probably took me 200 jumps before I really started feeling comfortable on this sport. You know, wow. I see people go out and they're just looped right onto it and, you know, two and three jumps, but it took me a while. But, you know, now I, Totally, you know, enjoy it. And it's just all the friends, you know, we've met
0: through our
1: travels. It's just been a a super great sport to
0: be in. You know, it took me a long time to get comfortable with it, too. And it was uh, um, especially growing up in the time that I did, you know, guys are supposed to be macho and all that. and But I was constantly having to fight this fear to get myself to go skydiving. And it probably took just as many jumps, 150, 200 jumps before I forgot to be scared you know, and and, and I, and I don't know about you. The fear never, ever really left me. It just became more of a control for me. It was a a tap on the shoulder going, Hey, stupid, don't do anything dumb out there today, you know? um, But it never, ever left. And it took me a long time to get comfortable with jumping.
1: Yeah. And I'm probably the same way because, you know, I still, you know, thoughts pass through, you know, it's not like I just go out. Yeah, here I go. You know, I'm, I'm always, you know, thinking, and there's always the thoughts back, but it's just that the, the fun of it and the camaraderie and everything that goes with it,
0: Sure. you know, just
1: outweighs it.
0: Is that I was going to say, is that what you think kept you in it? Because it's certainly what kept me in it was the community and the joy after the jump was what kept me in it. Well,
1: I, I'm not sure what kept me in it. but I, I'd see everybody else having a, Great time. I mean, they were so happy after their jumps and so excited to go back and thinking, I think at some time this becomes fun <laughs> and not so scary.
0: <laughs> Isn't that funny? Human beings are so strange that we'll continue to do something that just scares the living hell out of us because maybe there's something a little later.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> it's such a strange thing. So now, obviously, eventually you retire from uh, from teaching and you guys decide to do the RV thing. Yes. So yeah. out of Kansas and around the country.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, we'd always plan to, you know, RV. And so. uh My husband, of course, he was a firefighter, but further, he was a public education arson investigator and and he retired before I did. So he was just waiting around for me to retire. And I took early retirement and uh, we got our RV, we sold our place, you know, we had a nice place in the country, you know, 60 acres and nice home and everything. And we sold it and went to a little, you know, a little fifth wheel. And uh, yeah, we did a lot of traveling. The first year, we thoroughly explored Texas and the East Coast. We went and we totally explored Texas because at the same time we started our RVing, my youngest daughter joined the Air Force. Oh, wow. And so we took her down for her Shipping out point, which was Oklahoma City, and then she was doing her basic in and Antonio. So we thought we'll just follow on down there and stay there, so we can go to her graduation. So while we wait for her, we jumped at all the little drop zones. We tried to hit all the drop zones at that time <laughs> and wait around till she graduated. And then we were going to do then go west. And <laughs> it's a funny story because. Uh, You know, we bid our tearful farewell to our daughter saying, okay, I'm not sure, because she was going east to Biloxi, Mississippi for her next training, and we were heading west. And so we said, well, I'm not sure when we'll see you, but blah, 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 we'll keep in touch, you know. Well, she had left, this was on New Year's Eve, and we were leaving the next day on New Year's Day. And as we were driving out, we thought, we haven't toured the East. We don't know much about the East. Let's go East instead of West. So we followed her to Biloxi set up in camp there and then uh, managed to get on base. You know, I have a way of getting, cause she wasn't there. She wasn't signed in yet. And I'd say, I know she's here because she left. It. she's on her way. So we, um, uh, found finally they the guy said well we don't have her in any place but if she's here she'll be at this particular building so you can go on in and (laughs) check her out (laughs) and so i went up to the counter there in this building and i said i'm looking for my daughter you know a name and they said we don't have her list i said i'm pretty sure you do but uh and It just so happened that a friend of hers was walking by at the time and went up and told her because she was in a room and said, hey, your mother's downstairs looking for you. (laughs) So now because, you know, here's this supposed to be mature military girl and her mommy's here.
0: (laughs) Now, were you thinking that when you showed up? (laughs) <laughs>
1: no, I mean, you know, we were, I didn't think I was going through all that. But anyway, she said, how in the world did you get here? Nobody's supposed to be allowed in this building. And I said, oh, well, <laughs> they let me in somehow. So anyway, we spent the time there and we jumped there and, and spent a while there. And then we went on down to Florida and uh, spent uh, the biggest share of the winter down there. And then after, and my husband was flying down there in Lake Wells. So he was flying the otters and the And: Your husband's uh, an otter
0: uh, pilot. What? Your husband's an otter pilot. Yes. Oh, yes. I now officially love your husband. I've been flying the <laughs> otter for a long, long time. So the fact that he started jumping way back when, did all these amazing things, and he's an otter pilot, he's now my new favorite person. You guys oh, are, good. Both, you're my new favorite couple. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got to ask just briefly, how did he start flying and how did he end up flying jumpers? Was it just a, cause I got started flying jumpers cause I was a skydiver that had a pilot's license. And of course somebody grabbed me and said, we don't have a pilot, get in that plane and go. Was that yeah, how it was for him too? Uh, more or less. Yes. <laughs> now, he started because
1: you know, he was in the military. So he got his GI Bill, so he used it, well, he had to get his private, and then he used his GI Bill to get his commercial and his multi-engine and instructors and all those other ratings. Amazing. And uh, then, yes, he was flying the 182s there in Kansas, you know, the the, uh, jumpers at uh, Subiesville and uh, Rose Hill whenever they needed a pilot. And he's a tail dragger, you know, he's got, he's cut because we had a couple planes, both were tail draggers. Mm. He had a Luscombe when I met him and then we bought a Cessna 140. Mm. So he really enjoys the tail dragger. And then when we went to Florida, they were needing some pilots down there. And so we got acquainted with Jim West. Do you know Jim West?
0: I know the name for sure.
1: Yeah, well, he was uh, flying there at Lake Wells, and they needed some pilots. So they said, do we have anybody here that can fly? And uh, and then they needed a co-pilot for the CASA. And, of course, John says, let me think a minute. Oh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> so that's where he got started flying the otters. And so he flew quite a bit there. And then he flew up in uh, West Point, Virginia, at the drop zone. Wow. And then just different places wherever they might need a pilot. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, he got started with the uh, military and then continued on. And then we had our own.
0: Sure. So now for you personally, um, what's your favorite type of skydiving? Like what's your, what's your discipline for the most part?
1: uh, Pretty much belly flying RW. Cool. You know, last, uh, Probably six, seven years, I've tried to get into free flying, you know, and I kind of have a sit. I I can sit pretty good. I just can't maneuver my sit, you know. Usually people are way off in the yonder. And every once in a while, I get pretty close. But I really, you know, I'll sit. As much just because I think that's a skill. I like to build new skills. Sure. And so I'm um, doing the sitting and the, and the back flying, not enough to be any good at it because it's hard for me to break away from RW because I enjoy the group flying in the air.
0: Sure, sure. Well, you know, the benefit for me anyway uh, to different disciplines that you're not any good at is the best part about skydiving is you don't have to be good to have fun. Sit flying is a blast just because it's a different perspective. It's weird looking at the world through your feet. You know, yes. it's it's just a lot of fun. And so you don't have to be any good at it to to really have a blast with it.
1: Yeah. And and like I said, you know, it's just getting yourself oriented to a different perspective sure. of the earth, you know. And that's the hardest thing, because head down I, you know, I'll go out with who's ever jumping with me. And they'll take me out head down, but I'm re- I'm so disoriented when I'm there, so I haven't even been able to do any of that on my own. But
0: uh, have you got people running up and grabbing you for jumps like that, and trying to take you head down and do a bunch of different stuff?
1: Um, uh, not so much. You know, I did go through their rookie training, and so everybody gets you know excited. They've got the old lady out <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> I even made the center folding parachute this one year when I was at the rookie state with me in my little sit position.
0: <laughs> That's epic, though. I mean, uh, again, I think it's it's a uh, um, it's a testament to the sport um, that it's uh, all of us see ourselves being skydivers for life, right? You know, I mean, once you're a jumper, you're a jumper. Whether you're actively jumping or not, you are always a skydiver. So the dream for everybody is to be be able to get older and older and continue to jump, you know, like one of my heroes and still one of my biggest heroes in skydiving is Lou Sanborn. I mean, licensed D one. I mean, talk (laughs) about a badass. He's the guy's just amazing. And when I first started in the sport, one of my highlights as a very young jumper was being able to shoot a four way video that Lou was jumping on. Cause Mm -hmm. the guy was just larger than life. And it turned out he was just a really nice guy. You know, I mean, he'd sit and talk with you and tell you about all these experiences. And so that's the dream, at least the way I see it, is young skydivers want to keep growing up to become old skydivers with all the great stories, you know? Yes. Yeah, I
1: I appreciate that from people around here. Cause I mean, you know, the girls, they want to grow up to be like Alice. Yes. <laughs> so, I appreciate their
0: shit. I the want to grow up to be like Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's amazing. <laughs> it's it, so, what it's how often are you jumping now? Cause you, obviously you're going to, to Eloy on a regular basis and you know, all the usual suspects and everything. So you clearly spent a lot of time out in Eloy. Um, So how often are you getting out there and how much are you jumping now?
1: Well, we're usually out here uh, from like late October to after Easter in April.
0: Okay.
1: And, uh, now, I used to try to get out more during the week, but I've got so many things I've got to get done. so I get out usually every weekend and I'll make you know if the weather permitting, you know, I make any anywhere from eight to ten jumps every weekend <laughs> really
0: and, and,
1: uh, so like so usually you know uh average day maybe four jumps a really super day, maybe six jumps and uh, that's get, fantastic. Uh, so, and I don't try to do a lot during the week, except when people say, Hey, I'm going to be here this during the week on Wednesday or Thursday, let's see if we can get together. Then I'll go out and try to jump, you know, during the week. But sure. normally, cause like I said, I'm, I go to Zumba and I do line dance and, uh, you know, got to do some household chores in between. So. Well,
0: I mean, it's uh, skydiving is a great life, but it's not all about skydiving. There's a whole bunch of other things that go into being able to do that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and and we I do quite a bit of hiking around here as well. Nice, you know the the famous peak here, Picacho Peak. That's mm. my monthly hike. Nice, so I make it up there. You know, I think I'm gonna have two or three this next month, but uh, but usually we go up and we'll get a group of people and we'll make it our monthly trip. Nice. And, uh,
0: So now uh, one of the the big listener groups that I picked up recently, uh, there's a a Facebook group called the Beginner Skydiving Forum. And it's from all around the world. I think it's got like 35,000 members, all of whom are these new and up and coming skydivers, you know, um, from not even having started AFF up to maybe a few hundred jumps, maybe a thousand at the most. Um, And a lot of them always have questions for people that have been jumping for quite some time. So you're the perfect person to ask, what do you think is a, a good mentality to, mentality to have to maintain longevity in the sport, to keep that interest? Because obviously if you're jumping every weekend and still going like you are, you clearly love what it is we do. So what's, what's your personal secret to longevity and skydiving? Um, <laughs> i
1: trying to think, uh, you know, I think, Is just to keep it fun. You know, I see a lot of people and a lot of the teams, now teams keep going, but I've seen so many teams that have turned jumping into work. Mm. And when it turns into work, then they go so hard at it that they fade away and just totally drop out. I've seen so many of them do that. And I think if they can keep it fun, at least bring some fun back into it, even if they're working at the sport. If they can find time to just go out when it's fun and and to be consistent, because I know that was something when I started is being consistent, because like, you know, you said you were scared and I was scared. And the longer you lay off, the more scared you get. And sure. you can find every excuse under the sun to say, oh, I can't get out today because I've got to file my nails or something, you know. And so I, you've got to be consistent until you can get it going and feeling natural with it and good with it. Sure. Because if you go out as a beginner once a month or once every two months, you're not going to get over that. You're not going to get those skills instilled in you. And then it's always going to be a dreaded thing to do. Sure. So, well,
0: yeah, and I, I think, think you... Thinking- I think you hit on it earlier too. Another big thing to keep people into it is the community of it. I mean, obviously um, you more than anyone would know that the community can be, a, it's a lifelong community. I mean, these are friends for life. Um, and that's kept me in it more than anything else is the people.
1: Yeah. I, you know, it's fun when we go, cause like here we get all the Northerners and Europeans and then if we go like in that first year of traveling, you know, we're jumping here and we met these people and then we go up to Canada and we meet the same people and it's like home, you know, it's like home wherever you go because you see the people you've met at different places and, And they're always so welcoming, you know, it's just a a fun thing.
0: For sure. I mean, I've said it before. I think uh, there's not too many countries in the world where I couldn't find a couch to crash on because I've been lucky enough to meet amazing athletes, literally from around the entire planet. That all bond around skydiving, different backgrounds, different cultures, different everything. But we all have one thing in common that we love jumping out of airplanes and the people that do it.
1: Yes, and I think that is the amazing thing. Like you said, people are from different cultures, different economic backgrounds, different everything. And yet, when we're out here, we're all on the same level, pretty much. And we're all just friends. You you forget you're talking to a, a millionaire, you know, when you're out there jumping in the air with him or, you know, so. At, sure. It, makes a like you say it's a a nice camaraderie that sure we get
0: sure now do you uh do you think that any of those uh basketball players from your high school are still playing basketball
1: (laughs) that's just it you know that's the neat thing about this sport which i tell people you know it's not so age particular you know like a lot of your your sports that they were champions in now they're just couch potatoes watching it rather than participating and with this sport we can keep participating for quite some time
0: oh absolutely well you had mentioned uh, before we started the podcast a couple of amazing people omar ahijalan and, and uh, craig gerard um, both of whom were heroes of mine just as i was getting started in the sport and then not that many years later, I call both of them friends, you know, and, and it's this amazing thing where you're not just able to look up to um, the people that came before you, but you're able to have fun with them and become friends with them because they just want more people to come jump with.
1: Yes, yes. And I think someone had mentioned that when we were talking a while back about you, how we can be friends with these people even though they're the top stars they're pros they're revered by everybody and yet you can walk right up to them and have a nice conversation or even go jump with them yep and you wouldn't do that in tennis or football i mean those pros i mean they're not going to even touch you you know no no. you you
0: know i can't think of another sport that's like that i mean uh uh, how many uh peewee kids in baseball you know can run right up to a major league baseball player and and start playing catch with them it just doesn't happen you know i mean so it really is incredible and that's one of the joys about the fact that skydiving is still a relatively small sport right i mean it's huge compared to what it used to be but it's still very very teeny which is nice
1: Yes, yes. That is small and uh, comfortable and, you know,
0: so good friends there. Tell people if they want to come out and jump with Alice, when they come jump with Alice, when are they going to find you out in Eloy? You're out there from when to when, and if you're not in Eloy, where are you heading off to?
1: We're usually, we're usually here from, uh, like I say, end of October till mid-April, and you could pretty much just go up to the manifest and say are the Hickses here? Are the Kansas Hicks here? And uh, <laughs> and they can say yes they're here or, they haven't been out today or they're up in the air.
0: <laughs> I bet that happens an awful lot though. I mean honestly especially now that I've talked to you uh, I can't imagine that you don't have a line of people trying to get uh, on a load with you. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure. Yep, 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 you know it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Alice, I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you took the time to sit down and talk with me. This is really this is one of the most pleasant chats I've had in a very, very long time.
1: Well, thank you. I've Thoroughly enjoyed it as well.
0: Please give massive hugs to everybody at Eloy. Uh, uh, Give Mike a big high five for me for taking that shot. I'm so pleased that I saw that picture and I can't wait to release this episode. So other people can hear more about you.
1: Yes, I I did go tell Mike after, you know, you contacted me. I said, Mike, your picture (laughs) just got me a new Facebook friend. And he said, Oh yeah, I know him. He said, you know, on into all this, you know, and yep. he's a good
0: guy, and so. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, actually, Mike and I are going to sit down and uh, I I interviewed him not that long ago, and we're going to have a second chat here coming up, so it'll it'll be really nice. But you remind him, Mama, to be calling him soon.
1: Okay, all Lo right. Alice,
0: thank you so much. Wait, is that the Otter Pilot standing right behind you? That is the uh,
1: Otter Pilot.
0: Yes, you uh, sir are a steely-eyed missile man. I <laughs> absolutely love it. Otter Which Pilot. As as soon as she said, told me that not only were you a skydiver uh, back in the 60s, but that you're an otter pilot as well, I fell instantly in love with you guys. Hey, I started jumping 59. Don't don't short me there. (laughs) Seriously? (laughs) All right. 59 and an otter pilot. You are my new favorite pilot. King airs and Costas. Remember that? Oh, hell yes, (laughs) man. He's a pilot. She was my first student. I did tell her that. She's a private, but she gets a recognition. (laughs) And she made, she made fun of me that day. She said, I'm the only husband. She knows that the from the bottom and went down. Look at those faces. It's hard to tell which is me in there. It's like looking in the mirror. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much. And Alice, especially. Thank you so, so much you guys enjoy the day. I see the sun shining through the window. I hope you get to go get some air real soon.
1: It looks like a nice day. And thank you so much. I really appreciated
0: your beautiful. beautiful. Thank you. Me. Take care, guys. All right. And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com by Pussfoot. That's right, head to Pussfoot.com, the extreme sports collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them, head to TonySuit.com check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on youtube that's right you're gonna have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to youtube.com and looking up the lunatic fringe podcast it's easy hit the like button hit the subscribe button check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had as well as new and upcoming interviews on video as always i am the fucking pilot head to the fucking pilot.net or the princess pilot.com. thanks for joining we'll see you next time around